This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants, the Southeast's largest independent accountancy practice. www.onf.ie Our next guest is Dennis Casey, who last uh, on the programme in November when we were speculating about how Brexit would impact us and what kind of things businesses need to do to prepare. Now, back then, the outcome was far from clear with the very real possibility that there'd be no deal at all. But in the event, a deal was struck uh, on Christmas Eve. Now, earlier I spoke with Dennis Casey, who's a business advisor, and he works with a range of businesses on Brexit and other issues. And I started by asking him to tell me what the Brexit experience has been like for business so far. Yeah, I, I suppose to sum it up, I suppose it's confusion and uncertainty, I suppose, is what is the kind of uh, overriding experience uh, from from what I can see in dealing with my clients. And, you know, it's great news. There was a trade agreement struck and that eliminated import tariffs on goods that were either of UK country of origin or EU country of origin shipping the other direction. But of course, there's a lot more to trade than that. And so with all these things, the devil, the devil is in the detail. So people are people are fighting with the system, I suppose, and and getting, I suppose, so a lot of surprises along the way. So I, I can just run through some yeah, of the, for sure, the typical yeah. things that that clients of mine have have contacted me with. Say, for instance, if you're a small business or a micro business or any business in Ireland selling goods into consumers in the UK now, so you're selling B to C business to consumer in the UK. Mm. Up until the 1st of January, there was a threshold. And if you were below that threshold, you didn't need to worry about UK VAT. You just mm. charged Irish VAT, off you go. But since the 1st of January, the VAT that's applicable on those sales is UK VAT now. And in order to do that, you have to register for UK VAT. The threshold that was there is now gone because they've left the EU. So even if you've only got the, the occasional sale now into a customer, a consumer in, in GB, you have to charge them UK VAT, which means registering for VAT in the UK. And that itself is it's not a big deal, but it takes time and a bit of patience. And you once you register, you have to keep submitting returns, presumably. You have to do You have to file your VAT returns and pay VAT to HMRC in the UK then. But the process itself as well, you have to download this VAT one form, fill it in manually. So you can't even do it, do it electronically. You, you download the form, fill it in, post it to HMRC. And there's a backlog, of course. So like up to two weeks ago, they were dealing with applications they received in mid-November. So, so that's kind of like six sure, weeks to two months of a backlog. Yeah, so I'm sure they're working the way through that, but there is the backlog there. So if you if 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 you do want to sell to the UK and want to continue selling to the UK, you need to do that kind of as soon as you can. Yeah, so just to be clear, that could cover somebody like a jewellery maker in Carlo or a jewellery maker in Kakenny who's got a website. Most of the people who, who actually buy from it are, are from this area or from the EU, but yeah. maybe three or four... Um, purchases during the year 1500 euros or whatever but they're too into the uk but they now have to register for vat in the uk and do regular returns exactly and find a way to pay vat to the which they can do themselves but you know now people like that aren't always comfortable uh you know they usually use their accountant to do things like that for them and they can still do that of course but there's an extra cost there for their business even in doing that the the old percy pig thing which made a lot of headlines early on in january which basically talks about the country of origin stuff made in germany for example going into a warehouse in the uk and then gone from there out it's been a bit of a kind of a misery a, t- a tale of woe really for people who, who that's part of their business 
it it has like it's it's it country of origin. People need to need to get their heads around country of origin, I guess. Now, for a couple of reasons. So, if you're buying goods from a distributor in GB, a lot of those goods are probably not UK country of origin. So, very important now that if you're buying, going to buy something from a supplier in GB, figure out where the country of origin is. So, you need to ask them where the country of origin is. And then there's a very nice website called Access to Markets, all one word, and it's A C C E S S. The figure two. M-A-R-K-E-T-S. And if you put in your the commodity code for what you're buying, country of man of country of origin and the country destination being Ireland, it'll tell you what the import tariffs on those goods will be. And it also same website gives you a lot of other very good information mm. on it as well. But you're you're right. So figure out where the country of origin is, but but you're right, the Percy Pig thing is an interesting one. Uh, where you could have goods which are manufactured, we'll say, in Germany imported in as a full container or a, you know full pallet into the uk by a distributor and put into their warehouse by doing that they're going into circulation in the uk those same goods if they're shipped back to a consumer or, or, or to a business in germany or anywhere in the eu could be liable for import eu import taxes which is nuts hmm. it's just one of those you know odd things that has come out of the woodwork because of Brexit. Yeah, now, and Dennis, some people may be listening to us going like, they're still going on about Brexit um, in the middle of February in 2021. The vote was done in 2016. Surely people were prepared. How have you found the level of preparedness among businesses for this massive change that's come around? Are people still um, still kind of in the dark about what they need to do? Yes, it's, certainly some people are. Like I've, I've had some clients come on to me in the last few weeks who have done no planning whatsoever for Brexit. And that's fair enough. Like you, you, there's no point beating yourself up because of what you haven't done before. And, you know, the, the keys is our planning now. Some people have planned and have done, you know, as much as they can in preparation for Brexit. But even there, there are, you know, surprises have come along, have, have come their way, unfortunately, because, you know, you can't plan for everything. And... Generally speaking, I would say the Irish companies are more prepared and better prepared than their UK equivalents. Uh, I think I think in a lot of cases, UK equivalents were were listening to Boris Johnson and Michael Gove telling them this wasn't going to be any better. Mm. And of course, then to be fair to companies as well, COVID came along and completely blindsided an awful lot of businesses, and they had to deal with that, which was a crisis, and a more urgent crisis than what Brexit was was going to be. Brexit was still a few months away. Okay, and. Um, Tell me, how do you find the overall level of trade or what's your estimate? I, I, I read last weekend that tra- exports from the UK were down somewhere in the region of 65% during January. Are there really that levels of contraction of trade? I, I would think there is, but, but there's probably two factors with that, like Ireland and good chunk, good parts of the UK and Ireland are, are sorry, EU are on COVID-19 lockdowns of various levels. So that's, that's suppressing demand to a certain extent. And also a lot of people who did prepare for Brexit, but one of the key things they did was, in, was bring in extra stock before the Brexit deadline kicked in. So we're seeing artificially low levels of transactions anyway. And even at that, there's pressures coming on the, the the customs system in Ireland, the customs systems in the UK, and the 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 whole haulage, whole logistics industry is coming under huge pressure, because 
just just think of it as a if a if a truck coming in from the UK, let's say it's 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 being done on kind of a groupage basis where this product would spread across maybe four or five different companies on the same load. If one of the pallets on that has a problem with its customs documentation, the whole trailer gets put to one side. So that's a trailer taken out of the of the of the of the of the um, of the capacity to move goods between the two countries. Yeah. And one of the things that's happening there, of course, is some UK hauliers have stopped coming this direction because of that. They can't afford to have have uh, trailers sitting around and indeed drivers sitting around waiting for customs to. And I'm hearing uh, horror stories about the costs of containers um, increasing by multiples in some cases because of shortage, sometimes due to COVID, but presumably these famous bottlenecks. Yeah, some of it, some of that is COVID, and some of it is is more uh, like the cost of containers coming from China to or Asia to to Europe skyrocketed. Probably went up three or four, a multiple of three or four from what they were twelve months ago. Um, some of it's probably COVID related. Um, some of it is people taking advantage of the situation, I guess, as well. Some of it possibly Brexit related as well. But I, I suspect a lot of that isn't Brexit specific. Mm. Um, but there are other issues like like some good things have happened in that there's there's companies like DFDS and others have added on extra sailings direct from Ireland to mainland Europe. Yeah. But they are expensive routes as well. So while they will give you certainty of transit time, I think the, the the new Ross to Dunkirk one is a twenty four hour turnaround and mm. it runs six times a day, but that's the more expensive. The charges there are more expensive than what what it the would have been tra- you know coming through the landing bridge be- previously. Yeah, and yeah, I had a case recently where where a company imports machinery from the Netherlands, and I can't remember the exact figures, but it it had, it had pretty much doubled. I think it used cost them eighteen hundred euros to get the the machines in. It was going to cost them three thousand six hundred coming through the the Dunkirk yeah. route. So whatever way you look at it, there's additional costs to be to be factored in. Yeah, the back, key there is yeah, sorry, is, go on. The key there is to be aware of what the additional costs are. Factor them into your prices. Have a look at what your competitors are facing from a cost increase. If they are, if they're uh, cost basis impact is similar to, to yours then you know unfortunately it means price increase passing it on to the customer is is probably the answer unfortunate fact of life Dennis when we spoke in November uh, you were you were telling me about the sad form which is all part of the new customs process that people have to be uh, uh, adapting to um it's it's even changed now there's a different system I believe yeah, I think the revenue rolled out this AIS system. Um, I can't remember exactly what AIS stands for, but this is the new kind of pr- process, the new the new software system for uh, filing customs documentation. And I was speaking with somebody uh, just this morning, actually, who was uh, who was using that system, and it's changing every second day. They're adding extra 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 boxes to be filled in as revenue themselves are reacting to the issues that are coming to light because of Brexit. So we must understand like what, what's being put in place here is a, is a whole, is, you know, it's a, it's a big undertaking. Yeah, it's huge. And the, the whole customs process and moving goods from GB to Ireland. While customs itself isn't new, the level of transactions and, and implementing the systems to support that between Ireland and the UK is a huge undertaking. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, look, it's, there's no doubt like there was always going to be challenges and difficulties for people to 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 fight their way through in, in the first six, probably 12 months of this year. But and it, it's it on course for that kind of disruption. All right. Um, Dennis, finally, uh, you know, p- 
there's many different types of issues, many of them unexpected. What advice would you give to people who are kind of throwing their hands in the air and going, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to continue trading or importing or exporting uh, to the UK or through the UK? How, what's the yeah. best approach? I suppose first of all, just accept that you're that you're headed that you're you're in a period of uncertainty and confusion, and so just I suppose steal yourself and, and a bit of grit and determination is needed to see you through this period. But I suppose be be aware that like there's always been trade between Ireland and the UK. There will always be trade, so the dust will settle on this. The difficulties with the with the customs process, the delays the instability of the process will all settle down and it'll become clear. The costs associated with, with it will become clear. So there is life afterwards. So my advice would be like to, to um, deal with whatever specific issues you have would bring, bring either, either importing goods from the UK or sending them over there. Deal with them one by one and where you're struggling to deal with them. There's lots of help out there. So, for instance, the local enterprise office have customs workshops that they're delivering. They put on Brexit advice clinics where you can speak to somebody like me uh, over the course of an hour, an hour, an hour and a half or whatever to get to de- to get support with your specific issues. Intertrade Ireland have a Brexit planning voucher, which is excellent. It's 100% funded up to kind of 2,250 euros, albeit that includes VAT. But that's a you know you get a lot of a lot of expert advice either in terms of the customs process or logistics or trade agreements or whatever it is for for you know two thousand two hundred and fifty euros, and then websites like the Intertrade Ireland website has excellent information and frequently asked questions and training videos. The Access to Markets website is excellent. So the key is to uh, as much as you can, as much as your cash flow and working capital will allow it, to um, uh, you know. It, Order order earlier than you would normally. In other words, keep your inventory levels higher than they were before Brexit, which allows you to time to deal with and solve any issues or complications that arise in the process of now moving the goods from Great Britain into Ireland. And obviously, as you bring in a few shipments, you'll start to get it. You'll start to see the pattern and the level of fees and charges that you're being that you're going to be charged. So plan plan ahead. Bring in stuff earlier than you normally would, assuming that your working capital will allow you to do that. And take advantage of the help that's available. The Brexit advice clinics are free. You don't put your hand in your pocket. The Intertrade Ireland voucher, 100% funded, up to, albeit up to that limit of €2,500. And just keep the faith, I suppose. Look, there, there, there's life after Brexit. There will always be trade between Ireland and the UK. And um, so a bit of perseverance and just grit the teeth and, and um, you know, brace yourself for, you know, a, bit, a, a lot of frustration, I would say, over the next few months. Or as the Brits might say themselves, keep calm and carry on. Dennis, thank you very much. That's Thanks, Dennis Casey uh, from Casey Business Consulting. And if you'd like to uh, get in touch with Dennis, you can do so through caseybusinessconsulting.ie. Thanks very much, Dennis. You're welcome, John. Thank you. KCLR's Bottom Line. Brought to you with thanks to O'Neill Foley Accountants. Now offering a complete life and pensions advisory service to business. www.omf.ie